0: Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is a podcast where I talk with my funniest and most interesting friends. These are the Friends of the Show. This week's friend has been a friend of the show since the beginning. He has been mentioned often, and I'm talking, of course, about Timmy at the Timmy Toes, a very funny and nice fellow indeed. On the show Timmy recalls the time he refereed with a future NHLer and we try to figure out why he is enemies with so many babies. Friends of the show, episode 20 with the Timmy toes. Right now.
1: You face forward or you face the possibility of shock and damage. Brody Bruce, Mallrats 1995.
0: Yes, mall rats. Thank you very much to Timmy for providing that quote, and welcome to the show, Timmy.
1: Hi, Stephen. How you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm great. Great to have you on. So, for the listeners, we're talking to Timmy at the Timmy toes on Twitter. Uh, used to be Weenbeans.
1: yeah rip ween beans was that
0: supposed to to say stay secret um yeah it used to be ween beans and now you've graduated to the timmy toes yeah it
1: it probably should have been timmy toes from the beginning but uh ween beans was kind of a, a off the shooting from the hip choice and uh and i regretted
0: it later you just freeballed it. So, You're just like oh, ah, yeah. signing up for Twitter. What should my handle be? I'm gonna think about this for zero seconds. Wean beans. No,
1: it was literally at like two thirty in the morning, and I was like, I need to have a different Twitter account right now, and like my brain could not allow me to just wait and think of a good name. So uh, <laughs> I ended up with Ween Beans for a while, and and it served me well. Uh, but ultimately, I feel like Timmy Toes is is.
0: Timmy Toes is the brand. Weenbeans was the the training wheels. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Had yeah. some good tweets. Like sometimes I go to search some of your old tweets that I I love so much and I want to retweet and I forget that I have to search uh, Weenbeans instead. So when did you make the switch? How long were you Ween Beans? Oh boy,
1: I think it was it was probably like three or four months or something like that. It seemed longer at the time. I guess I've been on for a couple of years now. So. Yeah, it was. It was only a few months, I think. I was wean
0: beans. Seemed like um, a lifetime. Well, you still managed it, to squeeze out some of your all-time classic uh, tweets.
1: I think that might actually be a bad thing.
0: You know, like it feels like a really long
1: time since I've had a, <laughs> a what feels as as a good tweet. Right at the beginning, they seem to come a little easier for some reason. Yeah, you're less pressure, maybe
0: firing them out. Yeah, maybe less pressure with the the lower follower count. Yeah, when you have like
1: 25 followers, you really there's yeah. there's no reason not to just put it all out there.
0: Just tweet the dumbest kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do not look back fondly on all my early days of Twitter <laughs> where I would use hashtags as punchlines and additional what? tags of jokes. Uh yeah, a lot of my early tweets have a lot of hashtags in them. Hey man, I'm guilty of that as well. I There's, thought that's just that's how, how it, was. it was. That's how I we thought it was supposed to be done right? Right? back in the day. You know, it's like back in the '50s when you just throw your garbage on the ground. You just I didn't don't. know any better that you would put it in the garbage bin, right? Right. So live and learn. Uh, as we grow, we become wise. Mm-hmm. Don't use hashtags. <laughs> yes. Great. Well, I'm glad that we got to the bottom of that. Uh, Wean Beans controversy. Uh, Let's talk about your quote. Why? The quote from Mallrats, classic Kevin Smith movie. Correct.
1: Yeah. uh, Mallrats was one of my all-time favorite movies, still is, but it was, you know, I think I probably watched it, you know, once a month in high school. It just, it got to be an obscene kind of a thing. And so, I, I go to this quote just because it's it's such a it's such a kind of ridiculous moment in the movie. It's just kind of an off the cuff gag, where he gets hit in the face immediately after saying the quote. But it kind of stuck with me because it's it's something that I do think that I need to work on sometimes, and it's just the idea that you kind of have to avoid dwelling on the past and kind of just uh just be be in the moment and looking forward and, and ready for what's ahead instead of kind of obsessing over what has happened
0: oh wow I like that yeah that's a great uh great pull from that quote <laughs> i wasn't sure that i got all that from the quote but now that you mention it <laughs> well like it I guess, definitely uh, applies a lot of time with it <laughs> oh for sure one of those movies where you could quote every line kind of thing right uh yeah what's uh what do you what's your favorite part of the movie spoiler alert (laughs) in case you haven't seen mall rats from 1995
1: yeah i guess i couldn't put my finger on one part but you know the the kind of the end culminating scene with the um with the game show is is a classic
0: ah that's a classic Brody on
1: stage yeah just uh just hounding the uh the host and everything is
0: great scene (laughs) yeah everybody's great in that Uh, brody probably the best character but ben affleck makes an appearance
1: That's true. He says some line. He 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 actually said, "I was thinking about this. I was trying to come up with a quote." And his like his thing was, like somebody said, like, "Don't you think the or whatever happened to the customer is always right?" And he says, "Let me tell you something. The customer is always an asshole." (laughs) And he's supposed to be like a dick in this moment, but like that's like maybe the truest thing. It's true because I don't know if anyone has worked in customer service or food service or whatever. (laughs) It's like often the case. Yeah, customers can be pretty pretty bad.
0: Thank you for selecting that quote. Again, great movie. Shout out to Jason Lee <laughs> for a great performance yes. as Brody. Great movie and moving on. So for the listeners, Timmy is one of my very good pals I've met through Twitter. And I'm very excited to have him on the show after much begging and pleading and haranguing. Um, so On my part, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Get me on the dang show. So I finally twisted your arm and you uh, agreed to be on. So I do appreciate it. I think we mentioned Timmy's coming in from the Southwest USA. I'm talking about Texas. Yeehaw. Yeah. Deep tell, in the heart of Texas. Yeah. Tell Texas. us about that. I noticed that you don't have a deep Southern drawl.
1: No, I am not from Texas originally. I'm from Michigan, been in some other places, but currently in Texas, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a different place. Um, from anywhere I've lived before, there's, there's things to like, and there's many things not to like, I guess I don't want to get too, (laughs) let's
0: get into it. All right, Texas (laughs) people, plug your ears. We're going to get into it. Texas, you're going to get roasted. (laughs) So no, 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 let's do a couple of inconveniences of living in Texas compared to, let's say, I don't know, Michigan. And then the good things end on the, a positive note for Texas, for all us Texas listeners.
1: You know, I think that the most annoying thing about Texas is that it's like pretty normal, honestly. Like, the. What? uh, Everything is the same size here. There's nothing that's like. I thought everything was bigger. Well, that's what I was told. But it seems that that's not the case. It's Uh, mostly just the borders of the state that are bigger? That are bigger. Okay. Pretty much. That's all that I've been able to
0: identify. So things are the same size generally? Yeah, which is a little bit
1: of a disappointment, hmm. to be honest. But seriously, like everybody has like the, a very like, um, or people that love Texas have, have a very outspoken point of view about Texas. And it's like, it's difficult to put my finger on exactly what part of that hasn't been lived up to. But I just, you know, for me, I go to work and I come home and I just don't feel like a cowboy
0: Mm, i guess part of it being uh you're transplanted from the north thrown into this hot oven of a state
1: but shouldn't it just rub off
0: if it was really i would imagine food? i i'm surprised that you don't have some sort of some sort of like drawl or uh, i'm gonna get so much so much heat or um, from all of your texas <laughs> listeners
1: because people really do love love the state of texas and I'm sure they
0: sh- I'm sure there's a million great uh reasons to love Texas. Let's talk about those.
1: What One, are the what are no your No f- state income tax. Is that true? That is true. Holy moly. Uh so, you know, people's paychecks are a little more generous than they would be elsewhere, which is uh, definitely a good thing. But on the other hand, there's very little funding for things that may be arguably needed such as well, I won't get into it, but at any rate, there are <laughs> other political kind of reasons that I don't necessarily align with the uh, main Texas feel.
0: Right. But Texas,
1: uh, we're talking a red state. Texas is red. Although, the cities in Texas are blue, just like they are pretty much everywhere else.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, so you, got your little, uh, you got your little bastions of uh, liberal um, groups uh, that are there. What are those cities? Uh, Austin? Is that? No. Yeah, Austin, Houston. Dallas even San
1: Antonio. I, I but you know, I guess there's just so much so much land, so much area that uh, it's just kind of overpowered by the by the rural areas.
0: The rural areas. Do you ever go out there to the
1: rural areas? You know, I don't get out too much to be perfectly honest. There's not a whole lot for me to go to or from, so um uh, no, I have drove <laughs> through it on the way to move to Texas, right. <laughs> and we'll drive through it on the way to on move out of Texas. Out, right. and that's how
0: probably it'll stay. <laughs> we'll see you never rural Texas. <laughs> I it's feel so bad. Mostly, cow- it's mostly no. cows, though, right? I mean, I drove through Texas also, uh, all the way through, and it, from what I remember, it was mostly cows, like huge, cows like huge, huge and fields and of cows, and then nothing. Yeah. But then you could smell it, and you were like, oh, more cows are coming up. <laughs> yeah. Well, good job. Shout out to Texas. It's not all bad, right? Right. <laughs> it's not <laughs> all bad. So that brings us to your story. The time I refereed a kid's three-on-three hockey tournament with four-time Stanley Cup champion Chris Kunitz.
1: Yeah. So at the, um, at the time, he was not a four-time Stanley Cup winner. So just to be clear, I don't have like an in with anybody. Um, I don't know anybody famous. I don't do anything that would put me in a situation where I would be interacting with people that are famous or good at anything. But the town that I happen to be from has a college with a Division I hockey team. And the time that I was in... I guess it was the end of middle school, beginning of high school. I uh, for for money, I would referee like small child hockey, oh,
2: yes.
1: <laughs> pee wee hockey, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I would go out for you know like there there'd be like a pool of games that'd be available, and you just kind of like it, it wasn't like luck of the draw, but I I can't exactly remember how they decided, but they would basically assign you games uh, to referee, and so. One weekend, I got assigned a couple of uh, three-on-three little kid games, and you don't know who you're going to be refereeing with. It's usually just some other kid or some person from the town that referees. And so I showed up, and uh, and it was it was Chris Kunitz. And a little backstory: um, he he played uh, he played college hockey at uh, at this university. Well, it's Fair State University, I guess.
0: Go, uh, out. yeah, shout out to them. Go, what is their team called?
1: Bear State Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Yeah, so, so he was on their hockey team. And so they're, they're kind of a big deal in the, in the little town that I'm from. And mm-hmm. so it was, it was immediate recognition. So it was kind of a bizarre thing because you just walk into this dingy little crap locker room um, and I'm getting my skates on. And then here's this guy, Chris Kunis, who's, who was a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award his senior year, which was that year. That had been happened. That happened after that. But, but nevertheless, if, if anyone doesn't know, the, the Hobie Baker Award is like the Heisman Trophy for college hockey. It's the best college hockey player in the, in the country. Um,
0: and so that's when he won it was just after you, just after, just after you skated with them.
1: Yeah. So it was, um, it was kind of a bizarre experience just already. Uh, because he was kind of a celebrity in our town, and so I got to I got to skate around a little half sheet with him refereeing little kid hockey, and and it's kind of like a um, it's almost like a like a teacher kind of a role when you're a referee for little kids because you are almost like showing them where to go and what to do.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was kind
1: of a it was kind of a fun experience to to have him there and interact with the little kids and everything and he was super nice and he was just having a good time and it was kind of weird that he was like he I guess just volunteered to to rough the games I don't exactly know why but nevertheless um, it was just kind of a cool thing at the time but what I didn't know or maybe expect was later on he would obviously go on to a very successful NHL career where he's won several Stanley Cups and I think he actually just got traded. He Ooh. was on the Pittsburgh Penguins for several years. But anyway, yeah. So I, I, as I was c- trying to come up with the story, that's the only story that I have where I've interacted with anybody that has a recognizable name.
2: <laughs> and, and even that,
1: like, I bet you nobody listening to this podcast <laughs> has heard of Chris Kudis before. Well,
0: but I'm sure you. Mean, he's extremely I do, good. I, I do have some Canadian listeners, uh, so I'm sure that several of my listeners will know, (laughs) the name Chris Kunitz, that sort of really emphasizes the difference between uh, Life in the North with Jon Snow and then Life in the South. So that's like North's version of Friday Night Lights is that college D1 hockey, and then in the South there will be a football. That's right.
1: Yeah, so it was a big deal at the time, but it became a bigger deal over time as he became more and more successful. So he wasn't really a national celebrity. I mean, he's not really... A national celebrity but I mean he wasn't uh he didn't have a big name back then but but I knew who he, who he was and I was excited about it
0: yeah that's very cool that you were excited about it even way back then and since then excitement has grown that's right
1: it's really my only the only brush with fame that's I, I your only could brush come with come
0: fame with that's it that's it yeah. and there's no big Texas celebs hanging out at your coffee shop or right not well Chris Kunitz pretty good get I'd say podcast listeners. Yeah. Pretty good get. Can't complain about that. And 3 on 3, that's like that's some fast-paced hockey, right?
1: Well, it would, I mean, yeah, but like Normally, I said, these are like 8-year-olds. Right. So, it's it's really it's a lot of chasing a, the
0: puck. A lot of everybody yes. chasing the puck.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you have to show them where to line up before you do the face-off.
0: It's that's It's, part it's the a fun. lot of
1: fun, but it's not I mean, it's not real
0: real hockey. <laughs> right. Not many people game betting on it. No, only the parents
1: and getting into horrible fights. <laughs> oh,
0: other. the parents are the worst. Did you have to deal with any bad parents? Because that's a part of that's is something that I do know. The hockey parents, right? Because huh. being a Canadian, it's sort of the soccer mom. Here is the the hockey mom.
1: Yes, I have had I had to deal with lots of horrible parents, and the, the I guess the the one good thing about hockey is. Uh, well at least at the rink that that, uh, that I refed at was um, there they did have glass so they're the only people that could actually get close to me were like the coaches who were also parents of course but so (laughs) the abuse from that side there was maybe only like three or four of them on the bench that could be like reaching out into the ice and yelling and screaming whereas the rest of the parents were kind of like behind this glass the worst they could do is kind of like scream
0: obscenities which Which was insane
1: because like these are like little kids right
0: that's the part that makes no sense how the parents get super (laughs) invested right like they they put all their hopes and dreams into this little kid who's like six years old who just wants to have fun And they're like, you will make the NHL. Well, maybe he won't, you know, because the odds are (laughs) definitely not.
1: Yeah, and I mean, because, you know, with little kids, the people, uh, there's non-contact below a certain level. And so there's no checking or anything like that. But these little kids literally can't control themselves well enough not to knock into each other and run into each other every now and again. And so those typically would not be called penalties, but these parents would get like <laughs> yeah. besides themselves. Yeah, well if and, it's your like, kid
0: that gets knocked over. Right.
1: Right. So it was actually kind of nerve wracking. Cause, you know, as an adult doing that, uh, it's like probably nothing. But I was, you know, relatively young. I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. So it got kind of under my skin a little bit, I'll be honest. It was yeah. kind of scary.
0: <laughs> uh, uh yeah, dealing with those crazy parents who were screaming.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah and the the coaches really like i said were were maybe there were a handful of coaches that were really bad apples that would just berate the referees, kind of regardless of the situation, which I guess maybe is like a coaching
0: style, yeah, it's just part but, of it, right? Just wear them down until they don't ever want to call a penalty against you
1: yeah it seemed it seemed a little overboard for you know for that level eight and under
0: yeah. Yeah, people get crazy. Hopefully some of those kids went on to Division 1.
1: I don't think any of those kids went on to anything. And that's what I tell myself when I (laughs) look back on on all the missed calls that I
0: had. Yeah, you should have called them. should have called those Should have listened to the parents. That was boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just your
1: kid catching an edge and falling in the ice.
0: Well, that's cool. I guess you never um, tossed any parents, right? I know referees <laughs> who do that. That's like the one thing you can do. You just toss right. that parent, you like, you, you're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, 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 I never I never had the balls to do that. Although maybe some of them would have would have deserved it. But I did know, I mean, certainly like you said, there were other referees um that I worked with that had had to throw people out of the arena.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> it is, happens. <laughs>
1: which is nuts.
0: It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. just little kids hockey, everybody. Just take it easy. Have a good time. Great. Well what a lovely story. And shout out to Chris Kunitz, wherever you are. So the next uh story that I'm gonna ring out of you is the time you outran the cops in your used stock. 1999, <laughs> Honda Civic. We love a good getaway chase on the podcast. If everyone yeah. will recall, Travis had one. That's right,
1: yeah. That's what kind of made me think of this. In fact, I hadn't even remembered that this had happened um, until I heard that story, so.
0: Oh, um, well, shout out to Travis. Yeah, shout I out pro- to Travis. <laughs> Professor Hinckley on Twitter. Yeah, everyone check him out, and check out his episode where he talks about his brush with the law.
1: Yeah, mine is not quite as up close and personal, but it actually, at the time, uh, seemed really, really dramatic to me. So, um, again, where I'm from is a a little town, and so there's not a a whole lot going on. um, And there's most of the streets are just surface streets. You know, there's like one freeway that goes through the town. Anyway, this was I guess this must have happened when I was in. 10th grade or something like that. 10th or 11th grade. I had probably just gotten my license. Yeah, new Uh, driver. New driver in my brand new used 1999 Honda Civic two-door silver
2: four-cylinder.
1: We all know it.
0: (laughs) We've all seen it.
1: (laughs) Probably something like 1.4 liters. Nothing above stock. Nothing above standard it did actually it had power windows which i thought oh was
0: that's a blessing really amazing right
1: yeah but at any rate it, this was not this is not a, a fast car uh to kind of set things up here so when i in the area of town where i lived it was kind of on the transition between, you know, in town speed limits and out of town speed limits. So it was, I think it was it must have been a 25 mile per hour zone and a 55 mile per hour zone. So there was an intersection. Let me set the stage here. There's an intersection that was a T where the long the the road that I was on was headed out of town. This is the one that transitioned from twenty-five to fifty-five. And there was a road that intersected it kind of at the bottom of a hill. And you know I was kind of a kind of a daredevil, <laughs> so I was going maybe 35 in this 25 mile per hour zone. I you know I had been driving for a few weeks. I was feeling kind of comfortable, and I was on my way home from school, so I was probably listening to like System of a Down or something like that. So I was just rocking out. What like, are getting you the table? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And as I'm driving toward the 55 mile per hour zone, I'm speeding up, right? Because I'm like, well.
0: heading out of town.
1: Exactly. So cruising, accelerating. At the time that I pass the intersection, I'm probably going 45 miles an hour. So technically this is still in the 25 mile per hour zone, but it's right at the edge of town, whatever. Nobody ever cares. But this particular time, there was one of the probably four cops in my town that was sitting right at that intersection. And I probably, honestly, probably would have been able to see him if I was even looking. I looked over Dead in his eyeballs. And he looked me dead in my eyeballs. And I knew that I was going to get pulled over. (laughs) I I knew that he saw me. He knew I was going 45. And he was going to pull me over for sure. And so at that moment, I started to freak out. Like it was like an instant adrenaline rush. I'm done. Like what am I going to do? My parents are going to kill me. All this stuff. Uh, But what I didn't recognize right at the moment was there was a car behind me and the car behind me was close enough that the cop was not able to pull out until after that car had gone. As the car passed, the cop pulled out, but the car that was was there just knew that it was a cop, and so they were going to only go 25 miles an hour. And so they slowed way down, because we were probably both going 35 before.
2: Right. So they
1: slowed way down, the cop is behind them, and like I said, this was at the bottom of a hill. So in that one instant, I thought, well, okay, let's do it. So I hit the gas as hard as it could go and this is a really weenie car so it wasn't much but it did start <laughs> to accelerate and so over this hill it wasn't actually that far to my house so i was like oh my god i think i might be able to do this so so i, I hit the gas i start accelerating away i'm probably going 75 80 miles an hour at this point and i look back in my rearview mirror and they're still halfway up the hill because the car behind me has a cop behind him so he's not going to go more than 25 so they're back there And I am shooting away and it was like, I guess it it must've been like kind of two hills. And these are, these are big enough hills where if you're at the bottom of the hill, you can't see what's over the top of them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I went down the hill, up the hill, down the hill. I could see the cop and the car cresting the hill behind me, but then I was in, our driveway was kind of in the trough of the next hill. I was somehow able to turn into our driveway and we have like, it was kind of out of town. So our driveway is a little bit longer and there's some trees and stuff. So I turned in my driveway and I drove as fast as I possibly could up the driveway, got out of the car, ran into the house. And like, as I was getting out of the car, I looked and both of them passed the driveway. And to me, and, and the best part to me was that I felt in that moment, like I had been in like an actual chase. Yeah. I felt in that moment like I had escaped the police that I was like cool enough to have done that but I was going to get away with it. It was it was maybe the biggest rush of my young life.
0: Exhilarating.
1: It was exhilarating. In reality, I'm sure that once the car and once the cop realized that the other car was going to be there, he was like Man, <laughs> yeah. he just just decided that he wasn't gonna. Guaranteed, wasn't gonna
0: that's to. what happened because at there, no point no did way. the flashers yeah. come on. Right? Is that <laughs> that was a key part there's, that was missing. There's
1: right? no way he would have not been able to just drive around the other car and chase me down.
0: Yeah, or at the second that he puts flashers on, that car pulls over and then he blows past him there's, to get you. There's no.
1: There's there was absolutely no reality to my escaping. From the police,
0: but in in your mind, you're like gone in sixty seconds, joining up.
1: So he let me go,
0: but I escaped. In my mind, another harrowing escape, kind (laughs) of (laughs) another harrowing (laughs) kind of escape, just like Travis's kind of escape uh, (laughs) from those cops. he He could
1: have had, but he didn't. Well, it was sad,
0: actually. That is actually not great, parents. and it's yeah, that's <laughs> going to segue us into a <laughs> dark place we don't need to get into. What we do need to get into is your tweets. We're talking the Timmy toes. We're talking tweets on Twitter.com. The first tweet, uh, which I will read for everyone, uh, is from Timmy from May 23rd, 2015. Sees a baby. Crouches down. Does some cute baby talk. No reaction from baby. Stands up slowly. You've made a powerful enemy today, baby. <laughs> Classic Timmy. Making enemies with babies. That's what you do, right?
1: Yeah, that's, I guess, my trademark now. Just unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately for the babies. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. Now, this one I... Uh, I have been burned by so many babies. I just, <laughs> I, I, this, this particular sequence hadn't exactly happened, but I mean, I feel this way all the time whenever I see a baby or when someone is showing me a baby. Um, I just, uh, I usually get the cold
0: shoulder Oh, that's and I
1: just good. decided at one point to put it into a tweet and it, seems to resonate with people a little bit
0: oh definitely uh so this is an amalgam of several incidents combined to just get capture that feel exactly yes yeah that's perfect i feel the exact same way actually i think i have a a tweet that's sort of the opposite of this is like uh i like make a face at a baby the baby laughs Still got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. The same thing. Yeah, it's like literally has nothing to do with anything that you're doing. It's like you, you have no input on what the yeah. baby does.
0: Just desperate for a baby validation. Right. And it, when you don't get it, ooh that's when you make enemies, right? It hurts. It well, hurts. Yeah, it does. So any babies who are listening, maybe flash a smile. We all it's all we want to see. Come on, so little effort. Yeah. Flash those gummy. Gummy Gums. Okay, so would you like to read your second tweet? Okay, so
1: uh, I don't know how you usually do this. So uh, this one was tweeted out at 3.40 p.m. April 3rd, 2015. Thousands of puppies flooding onto the battlefield. General, stay strong, men. Soldiers just petting puppies everywhere.
0: (laughs) This is the visual of all the soldiers just petting the puppies.
1: Just everywhere covering this hilly i picture this like hilly battlefield with all these contours it's like mud at the bottom and these <laughs> are like medieval soldiers right so they're in their chain mail armor and it's just like a really brutal scene except instead of an opposing army it's puppies
0: <laughs> and the men cannot handle it They
1: can't, they succumb to the puppies immediately and just start petting them everywhere.
0: I wonder if that has ever been attempted in battle, medieval or otherwise, the using of Uh, cute puppies to subdue your enemy.
1: I imagine it would uh, be extremely successful. I can't think of any reason why it wouldn't be.
0: I think so too. Actually, it kind of reminds me of that Monty Python uh, scene from the Holy Grail, right? The bunny. (laughs) They're like, oh, it's just a cute bunny. And then it kills everybody.
1: They let their guard down.
0: That's it. Never let your guard down, especially around puppies. That's right. Well, that's a very good one, so thanks for that one. Here is the third one. Barber hands me the mirror to check the back. Looks good. I lie after a few seconds of being unable to get the mirror to angle properly.
1: <laughs>
0: We've all been there.
1: I, th- I think it's a, maybe in a barbershop, it's a universal experience. If you've been to a barbershop, they do this every time.
0: They do they it. They hand
1: you the freaking mirror to, to look in the back, and it just goes everywhere. I'm looking at the guy next to me. <laughs> I'm looking at him. I don't know what I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, definitely and not the hairline. Give up. They, they ask you sometimes. Do they ask you uh, if you want like a rounded bottom or the flat across? Sometimes yeah. they ask you that. Don't ever get the rounded. <laughs> who gets the rounded did you get the rounded no one gets the rounded and if you do get the rounded you better double check that those lines at the back when they show you the mirror
1: it's a disaster the barbershop is disaster i hate it it's... and that's why i go as little as possible
0: <laughs> do you have a regular barber that you go to or do you go to like a, a first choice or a a sam's fantastic sam's do they have that there still I have never heard of Fantastic <laughs> Sands. I've think, heard of supercuts. Okay, yeah, supercuts. That's the same okay. idea. Where you just go no, in and it's I, like a I, student. <laughs> yeah,
1: like. I usually try to find. I usually try to find like a local barbershop that is cash only and is the cheapest one I can find.
0: Yeah, that's the and smart it way. Usually to do it usually ends
1: up being okay, and then I try not to go jump around from barbershop to barbershop. That yeah.
0: is the key, Timmy. I think you nailed the key point of barbershops. Get a regular one where everybody knows your name. They know your haircut. You don't have to tell them. It's like a usual. You're like the regular. Of course, the regular. Every time, if you
1: can, <laughs> if you can, yeah, it, it's good. But it also can be extra heartbreaking if that barber vanishes or retires or something like that.
0: Has that happened to that you? It did happen to me. <laughs> it did. Was yeah. it the retiring?
1: It was a retiring, yeah. Uh. It was in, like so. The the barber that I went to all when I was a kid ended up retiring at some point, and uh, and it was devastating. Years of haircuts down the drain.
0: Dang, yeah. That actually, years is, of learning the regular haircut. Yeah, you never. Ha- I never had to say. Same thing happened to me. My bar, bar- barber retired um, when I was in high school, I think, uh, and then I had. I just kept going place to place, could never find a place that could never get two haircuts the same, you know, it was like, this person did okay, but then I go back to that same place, that person's gone, uh, you know, and going to this other place, going to all the bad places.
1: Yeah, so it's an endless string of pain.
0: And still to this day, I mean, I moved to a new town now, so I've been doing the rounds here, have not yet found my barber. Oh, no. Still going well, to, uh, to, like, first choice style places. That sucks. It does suck. Luckily, not many people see my haircut. Is that true? No, I guess a lot of people do. You wear like a hat it. all the time? Or no, something? no, I, that's that's not true. I just meant like in terms of like my internet friends. <laughs> like, I don't right. have to update my <laughs> uh, picture with my haircut every time because that would be awful. Great. Well, thank you for giving us those tweets. I know it's hard to pick your own tweets to be read, but you did it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, you're right. It is tough. I mean, I it, you know, I difficult to try to make yourself choose.
0: Yeah, they're your babies, and they've made yeah. powerful enemies today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beautiful. So now that brings us to tweets from other people. So your first tweet from great tweeter Nathan Usher at the Nate Wolf. Would you like to uh, read this one? Sure. Holds in an old lady's hand as
1: I help her across the street. Don't bother struggling. You're my grandma now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Classic Nate Wolf. You're my grandma
1: now. Yeah, this is one of my
0: favorite tweets because this is one of the ones
1: that I kind of discovered along with the whole uh, weird Twitter, whatever people want to call it, kind of realm Um, And for whatever reason, the imagery of this just struck me as fantastic because it means that the grandma or the old lady did start to struggle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she figured this out immediately and it turns dark. It's a kidnapping.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that, uh, I don't know, that just uh, it really hit my funny bone.
0: I think it's great. And it could even be like a short film, (laughs) like just (laughs) how like it's two lines. But really, you could uh, make this a short film yeah there's a lot in there there's a lot in there, there for for just being two lines so yes great uh tweet. Good, tweet good pick um definitely everyone follow nate at the nate wolf all right moving on the next tweet is from l o at l o why call it a belly button it doesn't do anything when you press it click 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 see neighbor's garage door slamming up and down
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is another one of those tweets that I that uh, that kind of hit right when I was kind of joining Twitter um and it the the pure ridiculousness of it uh is fantastic. Like it just it nothing about it makes any sense. It's like yeah, those, there's, no, uh, there's no rational anything to this, which is which is amazing. Like just the thought of something this insane happening is uh it's it's amazing
0: and yet it's a through line you can definitely follow it from a to b and it completely makes sense and oh yet, yeah exactly and yeah. yet it's completely absurd at the same time so right. thank you lo hell for writing that tweet and thank you timmy for bringing it to our attention now the third tweet from some clever thing at some clever thing <laughs> crappy stuff for jerks And we've, of course, mentioned her on previous podcasts. So the tweet that she has written for us now is this. Reflecting on the past. Ah, yes, I see what the problem is. See all of this? Gestures at everything. All of this is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Just a classic. Life is wrong.
1: Yeah, I so I identify with that sentiment deeply, but also just in this particular tweet, the imagery that it kind of conjures up of someone like a researcher or somebody with like whiteboards or like chalkboards and a bunch of like diagrams and stuff of like everything that's happened. And you can just just point to everything.
0: Oh wow. yeah, that's a great interpretation. Like the sum of all knowledge, just they're just pointing at it. That's yeah, like, this so it's is like wrong. some
1: kind of official thing, but the punch is just that it's all everything is just all wrong.
0: Well, yeah, cause the joke for me is like I couldn't even picture how you would gesture at everything. I just imagine they're like arms open, just like spinning around, F- flailing around <laughs> flailing around, yeah. just everything.
1: Yeah, so for me, this one it hits uh, hits a couple of good good things for me in a, yeah. in a tweet. and I like this one a lot. And I like Rebecca a lot. So.
0: I like it, like oh, Rebecca. Great to know her name. Definitely, everyone follow at some clever thing. Your joke is factually incorrect. A yes, guide to dying will, alone.
1: You will be very happy that you did.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, we've done it. We have arrived at questions from Twitter. Oh boy. Are you ready, Timmy, to start? I am these ready. Questions? The first question comes from friend of the show Mike Bigby at Mike Bigby question all the way from the United Kingdom question number one why is there suffering in the world Mm.
1: so I said this before I think on the record and I believe that suffering exists because some people insist on having pulp in their orange juice
2: oh no
1: All worldwide conflict stems from pulp in the orange juice.
0: Well, that is that just brought the podcast way down. (laughs) Let's bring this levels way up. So why is there suffering? It's because of the pulp. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Mike. And second question, who's your favorite chuckle brother?
1: I don't know what a chuckle brother is and i did read this question but i <laughs> refused to look it up
0: um okay uh, looks like barry david elliott and paul herman elliott are english family entertainers better known as barry chuckle and paul chuckle the double act the chuckle brothers all right well i guess in that
1: case I, I suppose you really wouldn't be able to pick just
0: one you can't pick one wait yeah you can barry or paul <laughs> <laughs> barry Oh, going Barry. I should, I'm right deep into the Chuckle Brothers (laughs) rabbit hole right now. Um, No, I'm fully focused on this podcast. Favorite Chuckle Brother? Paul. Barry. (laughs) Dang it. Barry. It was Barry. Mine's Paul, of course. Wrong. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for those great questions. And everyone definitely go check out his episode of this podcast. Now the next question comes from one of our favorite people, very first friend of the show and just the best, Jess at Jess okay fine. Thank you for your questions, Jess. The first of which is, have you ever met a good baby? I
1: have met a good baby, but it was a really long time ago, so I don't really remember. The truth is, I don't meet
0: that many babies. Right. Um, we were talking and about this before. You don't normally have good luck with them when you do meet them.
1: No, and so I do have a very skewed opinion. Right. Um, I'm sure some of them are good, but let's be honest. Most of them
0: are bad. (laughs) And definitely most of them are your enemies. (laughs) That's true, yes. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Jess. Uh, The second question, of course, more of a comment. Please tell us about your dog, which, yes, please tell us about your dog. Yeah, my dog's name
1: is Lola. And uh, Hello, LA, a little, Lola, Lola, uh, yes, thank you. Sorry exactly about I that.
0: Had to yes,
1: and she's a little border collie mutt dog that we adopted uh last year from the Houston summer where she was a stray dog. Oh, wow, and uh, and it's the, because of that, we don't really know a tremendous amount about her past, but um, she's an extremely loving little dog. Um, We actually had to get her x-rayed for some stuff and it's actually really sad that because we there's um, like she has like some pellet gun pellets in her hide. So she probably had a pretty rough little go of it for a while. Um, So that just makes us all the more uh, grateful to have her with us now.
0: Yeah. And let me say thank you, uh, you guys, for adopting That's really cool. I definitely applaud and support your decision to adopt and stick with it because it's not always easy, but definitely so many animals need adoption and uh, it's sort of really great to see when uh, they find a good home like yours. Yes,
1: I feel very strongly about that as well. It's extremely rewarding and uh, she's a little light of our little family here. Oh,
0: Lola. Well, that's very nice. I'm very sorry to hear about her murky and mysterious past. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe she pissed off the wrong baby. <laughs> yeah. well, Babies good. are tough down here. Babies are extra tough down in the heart of Texas. Um, so thank you and shout out to Lola, of course. And now we get to Jess's third and final question. If I were going to put a new portico on my house, could I use cedar? Uh, yes, you could use cedar.
1: It, you could use cedar for the whole thing, but I would recommend only using cedar for... Uh, the exterior finish, like uh, shingles or like planks or something like that, uh, it would be much less expensive to build the framing of it using whatever local wood species is most readily available and least expensive.
0: Mm. Probably some
1: kind of southern pine.
0: Yeah, some sort of pine. I'm guessing. You're, you're thinking, I'm guessing based uh, on
1: your geography.
0: So you're helping her out, giving her the look that she wants, which is that sweet, sweet cedar, but with a price that she can afford by having the main part be pine. Precisely. Well, that is great. And why would she be asking you such questions, Timmy? What sort of knowledge do you have of such issues? I,
1: I have some knowledge of, uh, of, of building design.
0: Timmy's an engineer. We got a smart dude on our hands here, everybody just fyi no (laughs) well (laughs) e-r-t-w only only my engineer listeners are gonna get this so this next question comes from last week's friend of the show abby at abby cohen wl now her question is what's a movie or book you love even though most people you know don't
1: so, I have plenty of options for this. I don't know if it's my taste or what, but people tend to hate on things that I like. Right, yes. But first, chief among them is the Super Mario Brothers movie.
0: Oh, starring right. John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins? Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. Exactly.
1: I will say on air right now that I don't see anything wrong with that movie I think it is an absolute delight from start
0: to finish uh, okay um, I can't confirm I have seen it multiple times um, but the last time I saw it was still probably... Uh, a decade or so ago, maybe. Uh, so I can't say if it holds up still. But at the time, I thought it held up a little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I did not realize that, like, it was very bad. Like, the some of the costumes and, like, the Coop, Koopa people were really weird. I mean, y- you know, that was the I, time. I think that everyone
1: that doesn't like this movie is just too mad at the world. There's no reason not to like Super Mario Brothers the movie.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it's a four out of 10 on IMDb, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah.
1: So that's my, that's the thing that I like that nobody else likes.
0: Well, I remember um, just talking about the movie. I was incredibly stoked before the movie came out. Like I obviously was big into Nintendo being a, a child of that generation growing up mm-hmm. in th- with the bros. And uh, when I saw that first poster with the big M uh, and they're on it, and it's it was like, yes, finally, a movie for me. And then I remember being slightly disappointed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Nobody, nobody agrees with me, and that's fine.
0: Um, yeah, so I guess that... Definitely uh, applies to the question that most people don't like that movie.
1: Most <laughs> <laughs> people hate it. In fact, I think that almost everyone hates it. Yeah, people Den- aren't indifferent; they actually hate it.
0: Yeah, Dennis Hopper was the <laughs> bad guy, King Koopa. I mean, he, it was just weird. Any other be any uh, any other follow-ups to that? You said you had a couple. No, no book Nothing? that you thought of that uh, you like that most people don't. No, what a book? Oh. Mm. <laughs> Actually, I think I am on the
1: opposite of those. I think I don't like books that a lot of people do like.
0: Okay, hit us with one of those. <laughs> hit us with a book you didn't like. Man, I'm really
1: I'm gonna lose all my followers. Backing like you is. into
0: so many corners here. <laughs> this is a total got ya podcast.
1: I had to stop reading Harry Potter after the fourth one. Oh, here we
0: go. <laughs> you picked the one series. <laughs> That everyone is going to hate you for saying anything bad about. You know JK listens to this podcast. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) All right. Well, that's fine. You're a wizard. You can do what you like. (laughs) Okay. So thank you very much, Abby, for those questions. Uh, And we keep on moving. From friend of the show, Gwen Lawson at Miss Gwen L. I think that's four in a row from friends of the show. That's a new record. So her question is... If you could add any sport to the Olympics, what would it be?
1: See, this is a really, really tough one because the Olympics already has so many out and sports. left field kind of sports. <laughs> yeah, and there's really, there's really nothing that I feel passionate about that I would want to be in the Olympics. So, I, I mean, no, like current, regular human sports, I guess, is what I'm saying. I think a good addition to the Olympics would be dog events.
2: All I'm right, talking, I'm, I'm listening.
1: Talking agility yeah. competitions Got where it. they do those uh, like obstacle courses. Mm-hmm. I'm talking uh, the ones where you throw the bait out and they jump into the water and see which dog jumps the farthest.
0: Uh, yeah, dock diving or something. Okay, dog jumping.
1: Yes, that and uh, I suppose any other. Any other dog-related or dog sports would be fantastic to add to the Olympics.
0: And just to be clear, it's dogs doing them, not people doing them. Correct. Ah, and that's where you get your audience. Those are going to sell out. I would buy a ticket. I would buy a plane ticket to anywhere in the world to see... Dog Olympics. Dog
1: Olympics, as part of the real Olympics, alongside yeah, straight up,
0: straight up. If you uh, are from Russia, you have to like walk in in the opening ceremonies, and you have to walk some of the Russian dogs that come in with you. Yes, yes, that is good. Well, IOC, if you're listening, get in touch with Timmy at the Timmy Toes and make this happen, please. Olympics are in danger. It might not happen. You know, it's only a, it's like a financial nightmare for cities to do.
1: It is. It has not had a good run of late.
0: It's not good. Well, great. Thanks, Gwen, for that question. And finally, from PeaceZilla at PeaceZilla on Twitter, how often do you think about your balloon?
1: I will be completely honest. I hadn't thought about it in a really long time until I read that question, and then I did, and I did shed a tear Hmm. in my car. So... Not often, but peace. When it happens, it is an intense experience.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Thanks for bringing it up, peace. Bringing up old memories. <laughs> I guess that's some. Um, it's an inside joke that maybe I'm not recalling.
1: Oh, so I have a, a tweet where there's a the subject of the tweet me sees a balloon high up in the air and becomes <sighs> overwhelmed with nostalgia and like lets out something like uh my balloon
0: <laughs> i do remember it now classic timmy tweets so thank you peace for that great uh question and a great callback to timmy's fun tweet and i think that just about does it so we're starting to wind our way down to the end of the podcast um, one thing I did want to mention is the burrito song. Oh, God. We are going to add this amazing piece of music to the end of the podcast. Uh, right when we wrap up, this song is going to play, and everyone, you got to listen to it. So, Timmy, tell us what this is.
1: So, this was actually um, an entry to a contest that, uh, that Sky put on. Uh, asking for songs about burritos. And this, I, I actually copied her original tweet because her original tweet was the, the, the music from Maria and uh, West Side Story, the movie or right. the musical or yep. whichever version you choose to align yourself with. So Maria, a very famous song, um, but her tweet had just the word burrito repeated over and over again as the <laughs> words to that song. Right. Um and I suppose that was perhaps the impetus for the for the contest. And so when that kind of went out, I just I couldn't help myself but to actually attempt to execute that exact thing.
0: Buddy, you sing. not only attempted, you knocked it out of the park. This is art. The, it is great. I love it so much. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to add it to the end of the podcast. Everyone, don't miss it. Listen all the way to the end, to the very, (laughs) very end, tippy toes, uh, and enjoy it. Just uh, really let it sink in.
1: Well, those are very kind words, Stephen. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I really like it. just it just came up again, I guess this week, in preparation for the show. And uh, when I re-listened to it, I just got very happy. So, thank you for uh, for the ray of light that you provided with this song. And I hope all the listeners listen to it and they send you a note saying if they uh, enjoyed it or not.
1: Uh, well, yeah. Please don't send me a note if you didn't enjoy. That's it.
0: That's what I yeah. Only the good, only the good part. Uh, only if you do enjoy it. Is there anyone you would like to shout out?
1: Uh well, I you know, there's so many people, but uh I do wanna thank you specifically uh for for letting me be on your podcast. I guess it's kind of surreal to me to be recorded at all, but um on a cool show about cool <laughs> people um is, is really kinda special for me. Uh, so well, that is Thank very, you very much, Dina.
0: Very sweet of you to say and obviously thank you uh again for Joining me as well. I know I had to twist your arm a little bit because uh, this is your first podcast appearance, but I think you nailed it, buddy. I think you no. nailed it. So I had a great time. And uh, if there's nothing else, then we will start to wrap up the show with the theme song. Do it. So, thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Shout out to the coffee crew. What up? Yeah, I think it's the Maple House right now. Maple House. All my favorite people in there. And uh, (laughs) thank you once again, Timmy.
1: Thanks, Stephen. It was a pleasure.
2: The most beautiful sound I ever heard The beautiful sounds of the world In a single word burrito. 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 I just met a food named burrito And suddenly that name Will never be the same to me Burrito I just kissed a food named Burrito And suddenly I found how wonderful a sound can be Burrito Say it loud and there's music playing Say it soft and it's almost like praying say